The Lord be with you. So I imagine there was a moment for Peter when he's seen the wind whipping past him at high speeds and he's seen the waves cresting over his head and he's starting to sink into the lake. When Peter thinks to himself, why is this happening to me? I think Peter had that moment because about a month ago, I was feeling the wind whip past my face as I fell about 25 feet through the air towards a lake and the waves were rushing up real fast towards me. And in that moment, I thought to myself, why is this happening to me? And to give you an answer, I need to give you some backstory, some way backstory. So it goes all the way back to when I was in middle school and high school, and I was just really good friends with a group of three other guys. Here's a picture of us in our glamorous teenage years, having a, a computer, uh, computer game party. So on the far left is a guy named Sam. Sam is the oldest of our crew. He was a grade older than us. Uh, standing up, eating maybe some ice cream or something, is Aaron. Aaron was kind of the glue that held our group together. And then you can see a redhead named Randy. Randy was always the instigator, the troublemaker in our group. You'll see that hasn't changed much. And then that good-looking guy on the far right, that's me. I was the youngest of the group and perhaps the most naive as a result. All to say, we spent as much time as we could together in our teenage years, and then we graduated high school, and we all went off in separate ways, and we would sometimes interact with each other. Aaron and Randy went to college together. Aaron and I were roommates in grad school. And through the years, we would mostly end up seeing each other at special events, for instance, as weddings. I got a picture of us here at Randy's wedding, which I got to officiate about 10 years ago. And about a month ago, the four of us, who now all have wives and children, we got together and rented a lake house on Lake Okanagan in British Columbia. And there we are, the four of us with our wives and our total of seven children. And it was great to be back together again with old friends. And on this lake, there is a giant floating jungle gym, if you will. Yeah? And it was really fun. We took the kids out on it, and they ran around, and we chased them, and we all wore life jackets. Um, but then after the kids got tired, the kids went back to shore, and those of us grown men, we stuck around and played a little longer. And let's bring that back up. So once the kids were gone, Randy said, hey, let's, let's climb up that tower on the far left. And I want to say, as you look at this tower right now, it doesn't look that tall, right? It's, what, maybe 15 feet tall? But I will tell you what, when you are standing on the very top of that tower, looking down, and the wind is blowing you, and the waves are rocking the whole structure, it feels a good 30 feet up there, yes? And as we're standing at the very tippy top, Randy says, let's jump off. And I want to take this moment, we can take it down, I want to take this moment to point out it is not Jesus' idea to have Peter try to walk on water. Yeah, Jesus doesn't come up with the idea that Peter should try to walk on water. No, it's Peter who comes up with this idea, right? So some backstory for Peter, he's been following Jesus for a little while now, 
But Jesus, as we heard last week, just had his good friend and cousin John die. And Peter tried to get some alone time, but the crowds kept following him, and so he had to take care of them. But today we hear Jesus puts his disciples in a boat and literally says, shove off, because I need one evening by myself to pray. So you all spend your time on the boat. I'm going to spend my time on the mountain praying. But while Peter and the other disciples are on that boat, a storm kicks in. And the wind starts to blow, and the waves get real big, and they're getting nervous out there in the middle of the night, when all of a sudden, they see a figure walking through the mist on top of the waves, and the disciples start freaking out, is this a ghost? But Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's me. Peter, he isn't sure. Is that really who I think it is? Do I have the relationship with him that I think I do? And so Peter says to Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk upon the water. Now here's the thing about that request. Nowhere else in Scripture does a human being ever walk on water. Now, God, God does this all the time. The second verse of the Bible, Genesis 1-2, it says the Holy Spirit hovers over the waters of the deep from which God is going to draw forth life. In the book of Job, when Job is complaining to God about all the suffering that Job has gone through, and he says, God, what gives? God says to Job, hey, Job, have you ever walked on water? Because I have. Walking on water is something that God does. It's not something that people do. Now, let me be clear. Jesus does lots of miracles. And he has his disciples, after his death and resurrection, do many of those same miracles. Healing the sick, Jesus' disciples do it. Raising the dead, Jesus' disciples do it. Walking on water, they never do it again. Nope. You'll want to know why. Because Jesus commands us to love one another. And sometimes healing people And bringing them life, that's how we love each other. Walking on water, what does that do for anyone? Nothing. Right? It's a foolish, dangerous thing to do to show off to your friends. And so Jesus' disciples will never do it again. But there is someone else in Scripture who says to Jesus, Hey, if you are who you say you are, command this to happen. You know who that person is? Satan, that's right. It's the devil who says that to Jesus. If you're really the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And did you know what? It's also Satan who says to Jesus, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, why don't you jump? Jump off the very tip-top of the pinnacle of the temple and see if God sends the angels to catch you. Right? There is a voice that makes us do foolish, risky things to find out whether or not we are who we think we are and whether or not God is who God says God is and whether or not we have the relationship we think we have. And that voice is the voice of Satan. Let me tell you what, when I was standing at the very top of that floating structure and Randy said to me, let's all jump. Right in that moment, I thought to myself, ooh, you know, among my group of friends, I was never the cool one. Yeah, yeah. And we don't see each other all that often anymore. 
Am I still the guy that they remember me to be? Are they still my friends? Do we still have this kind of relationship? Randy then jumped, and I thought to myself, well, if he does it, I've got to do it too, because I've got to be as cool as Randy is. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water, and he says, am I who I think I am? Is Jesus who I think he is? Do we have the kind of relationship that I think we do? Because if Jesus is walking on the water, I've got to be as cool as he does. So he says, Lord, if it is you, command me to walk on the waves. And Jesus, here's the amazing thing about Jesus. Whenever Jesus' disciples ask for something from Jesus so that they might have faith, Jesus gives it to them, doubting Thomas. He says, I won't believe unless I can put my finger in the holes in Jesus' hands and I can put my hand in the wound in his side. So Jesus shows up and says, yeah, you need to touch me, here you go. When Peter says, I can't believe Jesus unless you command me to walk on the waves, Jesus says, okay, come. And so Jesus, or so Peter, takes a step out of that boat. And he walks on water. He looks at Jesus, and that water is as hard as concrete, as long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus. But then... It says he noticed the waves. And he noticed the wind. And he noticed how strong the storm is. And as soon as he takes off his eyes from Jesus and he starts looking at the wind and the waves and all his worries, in that moment Peter starts to sink. And so it is with us. For as long as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we can do incredible, miraculous things. But the moment... We put our attention and our focus on the troubles we have in life, on our fears and on our worries and in our insecurities. That's the moment we start to be in over our heads. But in that moment that Peter starts to sink, Peter finds out who Jesus is. Because I want to be clear. Peter, he started walking towards Jesus, but he hasn't made it to Jesus yet. And he starts to sink, but as soon as he starts to sink, he cries out, Lord, save me. And it says, not in our translation, we use a translation that's more for kids on this one, but in the Greek it says, immediately, Jesus grabs Peter. Now, I want to be clear what it doesn't say. It doesn't say Jesus run, ran 50 feet to grab Peter before he drowned. Right? We don't get a scene out in Baywatch where it's like, oh, the lifeguard's got to get to him before Timmy drowns. No. It says, as soon as Peter asks for help, Jesus grabs him. It's almost as if Jesus was right there beside Peter the whole time. And in fact, that's what we hear Paul write to the Romans today. See, Paul is struggling because his friends and his family, he knows that they love God, but... They're real hung up on this idea that they have to do everything perfectly to get to where God is. And Paul wants them to know that that's not how God works. In Jesus, Paul has found out that the Word of God, God's teaching, is near to us. It's on our lips. And it's in our hearts. 
And so what that means is we don't have to get to where Jesus is because Jesus is already right here with us. All we have to do is ask for help, which is why anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter who you are or where you're from. It doesn't matter if you can walk on water. Jesus is there to grab you. And when Jesus grabs Peter, Jesus says to him, You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And I want to be clear. Yes, Peter doubted when he stopped looking at Jesus as he tried to walk on the water. But Peter's doubt came before that. Peter's doubt came while he was still on the boat. And he heard Jesus say, don't be afraid, it's me. And Peter doubted what Jesus said in that moment. Peter says, if it's really you, which means he didn't believe Jesus was who Jesus said he was. It means he didn't believe that Jesus cared for him the way Jesus cares for him. Peter doubted his relationship with Jesus in that moment, and so he chose to do something that was risky, dangerous, unnecessary, and helped no one. He wanted to walk on water. When I stood on the top of that pinnacle, and I jumped into the sea, in that moment, I realized I had a lack of faith in my friends, and their love for me and our relationship. You know what Aaron did when Randy said, okay, Aaron, now it's your turn, you jump too. Aaron said, no thanks, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Aaron said, I'll jump in the water, but I'm going to go down a few feet first, and then I'll jump in the water. You want to know why? Because Aaron knows who he is. He knows who we are. We're his friends. He knows where he stands in this relationship. He knows we love him whether or not he does a foolish, unnecessary, risky thing. Yeah. And you know what Sam did in this whole conversation? Sam wasn't even there. Sam was on the shore watching our kids while we made fools of ourselves because that's what a real friend does. Yes? That's what we are called to do by Jesus, to love one another, to care for one another. Sam gets that. When Jesus takes Peter out of the water, Jesus takes Peter back to the boat where Peter started. Jesus takes Peter back to his friends that he felt the need to walk away from to prove who he was and who his relationship with Jesus was like. But it says as soon as Jesus brings Peter back to the boat and they're all together, then the storms cease. Because Peter is back with the people who love him, who encourage him to keep trusting in Jesus. It says together they worship Jesus as the Son of God. Friends, in life there are lots of waves and there is lots of wind. There are lots of things to keep our eyes off of Jesus. But the things that most cause us to start sinking in the water are not the troubles that we're trying to navigate. It's our insecurity. It's our self-doubt that causes us to do foolish, unnecessary, risky things because we think we have to prove something to someone. That's what gets us drowning in the water to begin with. And so Jesus does give his disciples a commandment about their relationship with water. It's not to walk on it, it's to be dunked down into it and to be pulled up. That commandment is to baptize each other. Why? 
So that as we go through life and we see the wind of our worries and those waves of our self-doubt and we wonder what will happen if we succumb to them, Jesus says, you already know. Because we put you under those waves already. And what you found out when you were down there is that Jesus is already with you, ready to pull you back up. You don't have to go up to heaven to get Jesus and bring him down. You don't have to go under the ground and bring Jesus up. You don't have to walk on the waters to grab hold of Jesus because Jesus grabs hold of you even when you are drowning. And so this week, I have a favor to ask of you. When you see someone who's doing something that's unnecessary and foolish and dangerous and helps no one, and they're doing it because you think they've got to prove something to someone, or maybe themselves, I want you to say to them this, and repeat after me. You don't have to do that. God loves you already. And so do I. All right, you got it. Now here's the first person I want you to tell that to. is yourself. Yeah? So that when you find yourself staring at your own reflection in the waters below you and you think, well, I've I got to step out into these waters. I've got to see if I can walk on them. You can say to yourself, you don't have to do that. God loves you already. And so do I. Amen.